he says here in First Timothy five one, um, you know, first him look, treat the older men as fathers, the older women as 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 mothers, etc. But then he gets this section and he says, the younger women as sisters in all purity. Okay. Now here's what I I, I, I want to to get across. Okay. The Bible in many, many places talks about the local church as family, okay? Um, and and when, when we're even looking at how the local church should be interacting, these passages are talking, you know, like the one another commands, for example, okay? Love one another fervently, right? Uh, we should be encouraging one another. We should be, um, you know, confronting one another on sin, etc., all these passages is just speaking as if it's all members of the local church. It's not like it's like, okay, all the guys interact, and then all the girls interact, and then it's like you've got two churches under one roof. No, the idea is that we're, we're all family. We're brothers and sisters. Uh, we're, we're living for the Lord together, okay? Um, and and, when it's, and the, the Bible talks about us in the local church is actually, as I say, having fervent love having real affection for one another. And yet, at the same time, there is a reason here that uh, Paul doesn't just say to Timothy, look, um, treat the younger women as sisters. Because that, that implies purity. Okay? But there's a reason he has to say in all purity. And here's, here's what I'm getting at. If I... Um, uh, if I was working a job with my biological sister, okay, and every day of the week it comes to lunchtime and it's like, oh, let's go grab lunch together, just the two of us, right? I'm not going to think anything of that. Like, we're brother and sister, we can go get lunch together, no, no problem, right? But I actually did have a situation where I was working with my current wife, who was not my wife back then, and I had to realize, I can't go to lunch with her every day. Like, because at the, at the time, we weren't dating, we were just friends, and I realized pretty quickly that if I kept going to lunch with her, just one-on-one, -on -one, the two of us, that that wasn't helpful for maintaining just friendship, okay? So I, I would say the principle to draw from this passage is... Your goal in friendships in the local church is a brother and sister relationship, right? But you have to realize that since you're, you're not brother and sister in the earthly sense, that you have to be mindful about things that could change that dynamic, could threaten that dynamic, right? Um, you know, again, maybe a silly example, but like, you know, it wouldn't be my, my first choice in terms of comfort. But if I had to sleep in the same bed with my, with my biological sister, I would do that. I'm not going to sleep in the same bed with someone who's not, with a lady who's not my wife and not my biological sister, right? That just wouldn't be wise, okay? Um, it's temptation, it's, it's et cetera, et cetera, right? So you just have to realize, okay... If I, if I want this relationship to stay the way it's supposed to be, okay, I, do, I don't have the option of like just living life on the other side of the room. Okay, I need to 
This is my sister in Christ. I need to love her. I need to serve her. I need to spur her on in her walk with the Lord. I, I, I need to do those things. But even as I'm interacting with her and engaging with her um, as her brother in Christ, I'm also being mindful of the fact that if I spend too much one-on-one time with her, um, if, if we, we have too frequent deep conversations, etc., etc., right? Then, um, then that dynamic could change for at least one of us. I could start to feel romantically for her. She could start to feel romantically for me. Or maybe even at the very least, right? We still just develop a depth of friendship that then needs to change if one of us gets married because it just wouldn't be helpful to our spouse. Because it, one of the things that needs to happen in marriage is it needs to be abundantly clear to your spouse, right, that they have no competition, you know. Um, it's one thing for me to have a really close guy friend. It's another thing for me to have a really, really close girlfriend that I'm like talking to for hours at a time on the phone uh, and, and my wife's not a part of that, right? Um, I've, my wife and I, you know, we, we've got plenty, like I've, I've got good friends who are ladies, okay? But most of the time, the way that, that my time with them is spent is I spend time with them with my wife, right? My wife has close friends who are men. But how do we spend time together? We spend, we spend, she spends time with, with them, with me. Now, there might be the occasional, you know, uh, conversation talking through this issue or, or, or that. But, but, but you, you know what I'm saying? It's not the same. Uh, I've, I've got close friendships with guys. And, I can, sp- and I, I can have multiple conversations with them on the phone or connect with them one-on-one. And just give my wife just the... the just the, the, a few details, you know, and the vast majority of that relationship, she doesn't really know all that much about. And that's fine. That's fine. But, um, and so again, this is, just, this is just being wise. Just realizing, okay, um, so, so sure, I mean, so you, you might say, okay, well, so what if the relationship has to change to some extent if you ended up getting married to someone else or you ended up dating? Well, we're just trying to be, we're trying to love people here, okay? We're trying to love people. And, I, and um, let's, let's imagine a scenario where, let's say, for, for a few years, you get very close with someone as a friend. And then one of you ends up getting married, and the other person uh, is now still single for a few more years. You're now in a situation where you pull away from this friendship, and you've got somebody else that you can invest in now, Right? And that's just difficult for the other person, right? Because not only is it that you've, you've pulled away, but, but now they, they, they aren't, aren't like you having somebody filling the gap, okay? So primary concern is the first thing I mentioned, just that you, you want this brother-sister relationship to actually stay that way, right? You don't want, you, you don't want temptation towards physical sexual sin, and you also don't want temptation towards you beginning to like them or them beginning to like you. That just brings with it awkwardness, potential heartbreak, etc. Okay. Um, but then an, another consideration is also just this dynamic of 
if I don't end up marrying this person, this relationship would have to change long term. Okay. Um, guys, I, I, speaking honestly here for myself, I was often somebody who would like to push back against these arguments with the fact that there can be exceptions to the rule. Okay. But I actually spent some time thinking about some of the, the really close friendships I had with girls. Um, and I realized that like almost all of them, in fact, probably all of them, there was, there was some point where things got awkward, where one of us started liking the other one, or one of us, at least, you know, even just purely based on just the fact that you're close and you're spending a lot of time together, you start now thinking about, well, maybe we should be together, right? Um, and the reality is that the exceptions are pretty rare, okay? Um, and then, as I say, even if there are some exceptions, then, and, uh, and I can think about this with, with, uh, with one friend in particular, you know, then it is. It's just a little bit, it's a little bit difficult when, when now things have to change and, and your friendship has to scale back quite a bit. Um, so, food for thought there. Now, principles for how to date, Okay. Um, if we, if, if our starting point is what I just described, right? Brothers and sisters in Christ, friends in Christ, fellowship in Christ. That's our starting point. Now, when I say here, be slow to date if possible, what I mean is simply this. Let's start with the most simple scenario. The most simple scenario would be you're part of the same church. You like this person, you're part of the same church. Okay, so the reality is you're going to see them, if you're both committed members, you're going to see them every Sunday. Maybe you're part of the same midweek home group or, or young adults group or something like that. You've got lots of opportunity to see this person. And when I say see them, I mean not just spend time with them, but actually see them in some pretty meaningful contexts. Like you come to church on Sunday... And you realize, wow, like, you know, that, that guy, like, anytime there's, there's something to be done, he's doing it. You know, he's, he's not on the setup team, but he's, he's helping set up the chairs anyway. He's, he's off to church, he's helping clean up the, the sound equipment, uh, etc. Um, or, you know, I, I, I see how he makes a beeline to the person who's visiting church for the first time. And goes and welcomes them warmly. Or I notice the fact that this girl is just an incredible listener. And people know that she cares. Because week after week after week, maybe it differs who it is. But week after week after week, somebody seems to corner her and just like unload all their troubles on her. And she just, she just listens and listens and listens. Those are incredible things to take note of, Right? And I don't, I don't, I'm not even interacting with this person in order to notice those things, okay? Um, but I notice somebody's consistency. I notice their servant's heart. I notice, I notice, you know, are they uh, checking out during the sermon or are they taking notes like crazy, okay? I notice when we're singing, are they just kind of like, you know, distracted or is this person like singing their heart out, okay? I notice all those things, and they say a lot to me, 
about that person's love for the Lord, the love for other people, their character. Okay. Um, then we maybe go out after church. Like there's a bunch of us. Oh well, let's go. To, let's go to Wimpy. Let's go grab a milkshake. Uh, five guys, six girls. You know, just go hanging out, spending time together in in groups. Okay. Um, and and here and there, I, I have some conversation. You know, maybe it's one-on-one conversation. Even sometimes it's more like group conversation. But over the course of time, if I'm patient, I can get to know somebody really well, right? Really well. No dates necessary, okay? No dates necessary. So that's what I'm saying. Be slow to date if possible. Because as soon as you ask somebody out for a date, it gets potentially awkward, okay? Now suddenly expectations are are raised and there's a possibility of hurting feelings and... Also, it just gets more complicated, okay? So how much better, if possible, to just be patient and to get to know somebody to the point where you, you now, by the time you're asking them out on a date, you, you know, you, you're really confident, right? I know this person's character well. The other thing that you can be doing within the life of the church is is discreetly talking to godly people who know that person and finding out from them what, what their assessment is of this person's character. Right? And, and, and again, within, within a, a healthy church environment, okay, and I want to encourage you guys here, you are part of that church environment. You are part of that church culture. Okay? It, it shouldn't be the sort of thing where, like, somebody says to me, hey, you know, what do you think about so-and-so? And then I share something, and then as soon as that person's gone, it's like, hey, so-and-so was asking about so-and-so, right? That's just, well, it's sin, actually, because <laughs> um, it's, it's gossip, and it's not, it's not helpful, okay? Um, so that's, that's one thing. The other thing would be, to, to another way that, that things could be unhelpful is somebody just asks me a pretty, you know, they're trying to be a sober-minded person. They're trying to not just jump to conclusions and be like, hey, you know, I saw her pick up one piece of litter. I'm assuming she's, you know, servant supreme and I'm after her, you know, like, no, I'm trying to be sober-minded and, and, and make sure that, that other people see what I think I see and all that sort of thing. So now, it doesn't help if now, like, next Sunday, I'm like, hey, so did you give her a call? You know, like, um, that sort of stuff, we're not, it's, it's fun sometimes, but it doesn't actually help, okay? We want to create the sort of environment where, in a, in a, in a level-headed way, people can find out about one another, because um, this, this isn't wrong. To desire marriage is not wrong. And then for somebody to be trying to go about it in a level-headed way is, is, is wise. Okay? We want to try and create a culture where that can happen. Um, as soon as there's teasing and joking and whatnot, it actually just makes it kind of weird. Like someone's like, okay, let me rather not ask. Um, or, or, or what you end up doing is instead of helping that person think through things step by step, it's like you're throwing petrol on a fire, right? It's a little spark right now, and then you're pouring petrol on it, 
and, you, and instead of helping that person think sober-mindedly, you help them get all giddy and silly about it, and, and then their, their heart runs away, away from them. Um, okay, here's another dynamic of this, okay? I talked about being brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's have this sort of environment where a guy, it's your Bible study finished, it's hopos eight, uh, some of the cars are parked outside, and a guy's just like, okay, let me walk you to your car, okay? Let's have this sort of environment where a guy can do that without people being like, hey, did you see me walk you to a car? Like, th- that sort of thing shouldn't, shouldn't necessarily shout romance to us at all. That's just a brother being a brother, okay? Um, a girl need, a lady needs to move, and a guy says, let me, yeah, come, let me, let me use my, my body, my physical strength, let me help you move. It's, it's a terrible thing if you end up with this sort of dynamic in a church where a guy won't do that because he feels like if he does that, everybody's going to assume he likes the girl, Okay. If a girl wants to cook a meal for a guy who's, you know, who's cracking jokes in, in Bible study about how he's eaten nothing but top ramen for the last two months, and she just wants to make him a meal and send him a... That's wonderful. Guys, don't read into that. Don't assume, oh, she must... I think she wants to cook for me for the rest of her life. <laughs> it's one meal. Let her serve you. Okay? All right? Okay. Um, but the reality, too, with all of this, as I said, even though, even though I, I've just said here, don't jump to conclusions in terms of this means this person likes this person. If we can create the sort of culture where there's the freedom for people to serve one another in these ways, it does provide an opportunity for people's character to be revealed, right? Their servant's heart, their 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 love for the family of Christ. Uh, and those are things you should to be taking note of. It's not so much, oh, she made a meal for me. It's she made, I'm impressed she made a meal for that guy. You know? Etc, uh, etc. Et right? Um, okay, so I said be slow to date if possible. It is unfortunately a lot more difficult if the person who's, who's taking your attention is a part of another church uh, or, or just somebody that you wouldn't naturally see very often. Um, and if, if you are in that sort of a situation, I'd say, okay, try and, try and look for appropriate... Look, I'm, again, I'm going to be blunt and honest with you guys here, okay? That's when you're like, all right, there's a young adult's hike with multiple churches involved. I'm there, okay? Now, it's not the only reason you're there, shouldn't be the only reason you're there. You're there for fellowship. You're there to be spurred on in the Lord. But it is also like it's, it's, it's an opportunity that allows you to see this person some more, observe them some more, get to know them in a way that doesn't require, hey, I, I saw you for two minutes. We spoke for two minutes at the dating seminar. And now I'm giving you a call and asking you out for supper. That's just, un- that's just unnecessarily awkward when you've got another opportunity to, to just, just go to the hike and then, and then just wait a couple months and go to the cross-current camp. And then after a couple of opportunities like that, now it's a little bit less like, hey, you know, I, 
I, I know you're a girl, and I know you, you say you're a Christian, let's go on a date. At least now you've, got, you've, you've had more opportunity to observe the sort of things I was talking about earlier. Okay, does that make sense? Okay. Um, with, I, I would also say, um, yeah, the, the, another thing too, if, it, if you're not in that situation where you really had a lot of opportunity to get to know the person, try and find uh, people that you can talk to. Ideally people, like if you know someone well and they know someone well, that's best case scenario. Um, but, but try and be able to at least touch base with someone who knows them well um, before you, again, just, just like, don't, I, I'm trying to get you guys to at least to the point where at least if you're asking somebody out, you've got confidence that this really is a godly person, okay? So if you haven't had opportunity to observe it yourself, at least you're hearing from someone else who has an opportunity to observe it. Okay. Um, Secondly, date according to principles of, uh, of biblical manhood and womanhood. Okay, now here's what I mean by this, okay? We're just talking very broadly here about principles of, of men taking leadership, okay? Um, and, and so, guys, the, the biggest thing I'm, I'm after with this is just that you are, you've got a backbone, Okay. You're willing to initiate, you're willing to take some risks. If anyone's going to be hurt, it's going to be you. If anyone's going to be in an awkward position, it's going to be you. That's leadership. Okay. So what I mean by that is, is um, yeah, guys, you should assume that if you're going to go out on a date with a girl, you're going to be the one who asks her. Okay. Um, you, you shouldn't be playing games in some sort of way where you're, you're trying to figure out from the girl whether she likes you or not before you're even willing to ask her out, okay? Be willing to stick your neck out a little bit. And I'm not saying, I'm not talking about obvious stuff like every time I talk to her, she seems very awkward. Okay, well, if she's not comfortable around you, don't ask her out, okay? Um, but, it's, but sometimes the way guys go about it is they're, they're almost looking for a girl to like blush every time they interact with her before they're actually willing to actually ask her out. Okay? Um, now, so, um, yeah, okay. Guys, take the lead. Take the lead. Um, thirdly, keep Christian fellowship central. Okay? Keep Christian fellowship central. Um, I, if I, if I was going to uh, describe dating oh come on I'd say basically wait, where did I put this uh, I'm running ahead um, okay dating should be Christian fellowship plus intentionally asking the question is this someone I should marry it's Christian fellowship Plus, intentionally asking the question, is this someone I should marry? Okay. Now, practically what that, what that means is, we were talking about what, what healthy guy-girl fellowship and friendship looks like. Okay. Um, basically, it's time to date if the amount of time that you would spend with this person 
or the conversations that you would have would prompt that person to be like, okay, this person's interested in me. Okay? So, in other words, okay, I should be slow to date if possible. What I'm not saying is date, but don't call it dating. Okay? So, if, 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 if we, we were talking earlier about um, okay, you, you, want, you want to be brothers and sisters, but you have to be mindful of purity. Okay? So in terms of physical purity, that same principle carries, all, carries through all the way to marriage. Okay? Marriage is the only time when, when now once, once we've said I do, now, now the physical uh, sexual relationships can happen. Right? But now the, this question of um, does this person like me or am I beginning to like them? That whole aspect of things can appropriately happen within dating. Okay? So we've got over here, we've got, we've got friendship where we're interacting in a way where we're being careful not to start liking each other, not to uh, potentially... Um, I get tempt the other person to like you, um, that sort of situation. But now you, you do, you have developed an interest in this person that, that has substance. It's not, oh, she's got a pretty smile, uh, whatever. It's, it's substance. You know them well enough, or you've at least uh, heard from others who know them well enough. Now you say, okay, let me get to know this person better. But now you recognize, if I spend the amount of time I want to spend with this person... Or I start asking them some of the questions I want to ask them, like, how many kids would you like to have? Could you see yourself living in this place? And that sort of stuff, right? If I start having those conversations, the, this whole friendship dynamic isn't going isn't to work anymore, right? I'm now going to confuse this person. Um, you know, uh, yeah, at the very least, I'm going to confuse them or things are going to get awkward. So now that's, guys, now that's time for you to say, can we get to know each other better? I've been encouraged by what I've seen, seen about you so far, what I've heard some people say about you. I'd like to get to know you better. Can we spend time together? Okay. Um, but you're still keeping Christian fellowship central. And what I mean by that is, Yes, I'm getting to know whether or not uh, I think I should I should pursue marriage with you, but I'm not. I'm, I'm first and foremost trying to spur you on in your walk with the Lord. I'm first and foremost trying to be encouraged by you in my walk with the Lord. This isn't just. It's not like suddenly like, okay, we're we're both Christians, but our, our Christianity just went out the window. And now the only thing both of us are concerned about is, do we get married? Okay? No, you're still primarily brother and sister in the Lord, serving, encouraging one another, spurring one another on, and you walk with the Lord. So think, think about speaking the truth to one another in love. Think about ways that you can in, in, in encourage somebody in their walk with the Lord. Think about all the one another commands. That sort of thing. Okay. Does that make sense?
Does it? I, I think I've said that in a rather cumbersome way, but I hope it at least got across. Yeah? Abby? Well, it, if it's a question about that, go for it. Yes, go for it. Okay, you can ask me later then. What, what, does anyone have questions about what I was just saying about when it's time to move from just friendship to now this must be dating, I must say something, <clears throat> must shift categories. Okay. All right. Now, yes, Sarah. Okay, fantastic. Okay, this is part of why we say, right, um, date according to principles of biblical manhood and womanhood. Uh, ladies, this isn't going to be true of all of you. Uh, definitely not. But I know it's true, it's not just true of one or two ladies out there somewhere, right? There is going to be a temptation sometimes to just try and figure out if he likes me. You know, like, I like him. I want him to like me. Um, so, I'll send another WhatsApp. How's it going? And then I sit there with my phone. You know, oh, there's two texts. All right, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? Like, I want, you, I want to encourage you to guard against that sort of thing. Like I was saying earlier, you want to have a very honest relationship with the Lord. Okay? So, if you like someone, tell God about it. Okay? But letting God's design of a guy taking the lead means, okay, I don't try and manipulate the situation to try and figure out if he likes me before he's ready to tell me he likes me. Okay? Trusting God with the situation means, uh, you know, not, 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 not trying to take the reins uh, and, and, and you try and get it across to the guy that you like him. Uh, God's got a certain pattern, okay? And it's a good thing for the guy to be the one who takes the initiative, um, first of all. Second of all, look, I'll, I'll tell you very honestly, even from my own life, there, was, there, was a, a, there were a couple of girls I was interested in, and I was trying very carefully to not jump the gun. But like, when... You have a two-minute conversation with a girl and she starts getting giggly already. And you're like, I, I don't feel like I can get to know her better without leading her on. So then what happens, honestly, is that I backed off. Okay? So you, you, you end up shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, if a guy is trying to take one step at a time, don't rush him. Okay? Uh, the, we talked earlier about guys being cowards, but... Sometimes guys are also just trying to be wise and careful and sober-minded and just trying to take one step at a time. And if you don't, if you, if, you know, if you, if you walk, if he walks you to your car and then you get, you get all giggly about that, he's not going to do it again, right? Um, if, if he's thinking to himself, I don't want her to think I like her until I know that I like her. Right? Okay? So, um, so that's how all of this works together. 
I, I would say there might be an occasion where like, because look, okay, this, this is actually super important to say. A lot of people approach dating without enough thought. Like they just kind of go for it, right? Some people approach dating with like trying to control every little detail and that's just not realistic, okay? Guys, this is messy, always. Like pretty much guaranteed, okay? So even if you've got a godly guy who's trying to be wise and trying to go about things just right, it doesn't mean he's going to do it all perfectly, okay? So here's what I'd say though. Be slow to assume he likes you, okay? Keep holding out for things to work the way it's supposed to work, which is when he's ready to tell you he likes you, he does tell you he likes you, and things move forward. If there really is a situation where you're like, okay, this is just too much now, like I, I can't help but, but draw certain conclusions, he's confusing me like crazy, then talk to someone godly in the church, okay? Maybe one of your elders or something like that. And, and here's, here's how I'd see that situation playing out in the ideal way. It's not like a lady saying, okay, can you go find out if that guy likes me and then come back and tell me, right? Because then again, what are you doing? You're taking the lead. You're taking the reins. You're manipulating the situation. No, instead what you're just saying is you're saying, I'm doing my best here, but this is hard. Uh, you're my leader in the church. Can you help? Okay? And then that leader in the church goes and, and has the conversation. So he approaches me and he says, um, he doesn't even have to tell me that somebody said anything to him. He just says to me, I've seen you've been interacting with so-and-so quite a bit. Um, are, you, are you interested in her? Right? And then we have a bit of a conversation and then he's able to say to me, I think, it, I, think it's, I think it's time. You know her pretty well. Like, you should ask her out, right? And then the whole situation gets solved, right? Because what happens then? I take that counsel and I ask her out. No more confusion, clarity, we move forward. Okay, but the guy still did what he was supposed to do. The girl still did what she was supposed to do in terms of how the roles are supposed to play out. Does, it, does that make sense? Okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually... I hope it's not sounding too complicated because it's, it's actually supposed to be pretty simple. It's just guys take the lead, girls do their best to let the guy take the lead. And then as, as we need the, the church to, to help us uh, with just a little bit of wisdom and whatnot, we just ask for help when we need it. Okay? Yeah? Okay. All right. Um... Honor marriage is God's context for romance and sexuality. Guys, um, oftentimes a question that will come up with dating is, you know, when it comes to physical stuff, is how far is too far? Okay. I'm just going to cut straight to, to it. Okay, what did I say? In my mind, dating is Christian fellowship plus asking the question, is this someone I should marry? If you think about that definition... There's absolutely no reason why at this stage of the game there even needs to be hand-holding anything, right? In, in terms of what this looks like, it looks like a friendship where I'm just spending a little bit more time with you than I would otherwise. 
and we're having some pretty we're having some pretty focused interaction, asking each other some questions that are helping us get to the point where we are clear on whether or not we're on the same page and we're two people who could get married. Okay. Um, I actually didn't mention this part of this earlier, but when I was talking about um, when I was talking about how people consider the importance of physical attraction or looks. The other thing I, I said there was physical compatibility. A lot of unbelievers will talk as if like, almost like one of the reasons you date is to kind of like, okay, it's a horrible analogy, but I think it'll get the point across. It's almost like to test drive various people. And then you find, you know, okay, uh, in terms of, you know, yeah, this is now my favorite kisser, so maybe this is who I'm going to marry, etc., etc., right? Um, look, let me tell you, okay, first of all, that's it's a very selfish, uh, uh, it's very lust-driven, uh, it's not God's context, it's not God's context for sexual interaction, marriages. And there's a reason marriages, because marriage brings with it all, all the security of, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to leave you. Okay? And, 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 and it's hard to really get across how much the, the uniqueness, the, 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 this is something I share with you and only you, um, and, and the, the, the emotional and relational intimacy that is so central in all of this. Our, our world views sex as just, just a physical thing. And it is so, so, so much more than that. So much more than that. Okay? So, um, and, and, I'll t- and I'll say this. If you have the relationship that you're supposed to be looking for in marriage, physical compatibility is not going to be a problem. It's not. Okay? It's not. You, um, you can both start off as people who don't have a clue what you're doing. Okay? That's part of why honeymoon's there. Take a whole week, figure it out. Okay? And, and then you've got a whole life to figure it out. And you know what? At the end of the day, when I say figure it out, it's not even, it, it's not even about the physical. I, I mean, sure, that's part of it, and it's, and it's fun, and yeah. But far, far more than that, it's about communicating tenderness, consideration, like closeness, oneness. It's so much more about the, the relational, emotional side of things. Okay? Um, so, no test drive necessary, okay? If you find that you're building the sort of relationship we've been talking about, centered on Christ, living for His glory together, spurring one another on, being somebody who's showing grace to the other person, who listens well, who's considerate of them, uh, who's always seeking to, to serve them and, and, and think of them above yourself and, 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 and really bochmelo, um, your question about love. This is the primary aspect of things we're talking about. Love, seeking one in, some, someone's good, 
um, preferring them to yourself, okay? There's your test drive. If you, if you, if you through the course of, of, of this relationship, find somebody who's, who's, who's interacting with you like that, okay? Sexual intimacy is going to be wonderful with that person, okay? Because it's, that's what it's primarily about, is that relational intimacy, okay? Honor marriage is God's context for romance and sexuality. So, so I, I would encourage you guys, just, okay, we'll, we'll get in a little bit on, as we look at various stages of, of, of dating. But I'd say in general, I, it's not necessary. It's temptation. Um, it's, it's creating the sort of situation where it's, more likely that, that you're going to hurt somebody if the thing, if the situation comes to an end. Um, look, guys, what, imagine this. Okay, your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're dating someone in the same local church as you. Okay. Let's say it doesn't work out, and you both end up staying in that local church for the rest of your lives. Okay. Maybe in the same small group now with the girl you dated's husband. Would you rather have kissed her or not? Okay, I think it's quite clear, right? If this, if I, if, the, if what I know for sure is that this is my sister in the Lord, okay, and 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 I've, I've, I haven't, you know, I might want it to be more at the time. But I don't know yet whether or not it will be. You only know once, you, once you're actually married. I'm jumping ahead here a little bit. But you don't know until you know. Okay? So don't treat this person as if you have a relationship with them that you don't. Okay? Um, look, even, even um, something as silly as, as... When I say silly, I mean simple. You know, like holding hands. You're like, ah, oh, that doesn't bring with it. Uh, temptation for for sexual sin. No, okay, I'm with you. But what what what's communicated by this? Like, am I? You know, as I look around the room here, most of you are not holding hands with the person sitting next to you like this, right? This communicates something. It communicates oneness. It communicates connection. It communicates you're mine and I'm yours. It it just does. And so, just, I mean, again, I, I know, like, in my mind, becoming across like a total killjoy. It's like, you're taking all the fun out of dating, you know. But I'm just saying, like, if you date somebody for three months, and over the course of those three months, you're holding hands, and you're, 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 you're being cuddly and affectionate with them in a way that you wouldn't be with, with other people of the opposite sex. Reality is that if that relationship ends after three months, it's going to hurt a whole lot more. It just is. And, and, and so out of even just thinking about your own heart, but hopefully even more so thinking about the other person, I just, there's no reason to go there. So I'd encourage you guys to, uh, to think about it from, the, from, from that perspective. Okay. Um, I'll, some of what I, re- I opened a few cans of worms there. I'll get back to you as we keep going. Um, okay, we said be purposeful or intentional, right? 
you're not just dating for fun. Okay? You're not just dating for fun. Guys, there's too much at stake. As, mu- as much as marriage, as, as dating is fun, there's too much at stake to just date for fun. Okay? There's, there's all the temp- temptation towards sexual sin we've been talking about, all the potential of breaking someone's heart, hurting yourself, etc. This is, this is something you get into for serious reasons. You're asking the question, is this person someone I should marry? Okay, so, so be purposeful then in terms of the sort of things you talk about, uh, um, in terms of um, what, what you're seeking to, to learn about that person. Um, okay, sorry, this is too important to skip. With the honor marriage as God's context for romance and sexuality, it's it's one thing to have an idea in your mind about certain lines that you're not going to cross, and that's very important. It is important to have that idea in your mind. Um, but guys, one of the things I would say to you is that. We're weak. <laughs> um, guys and girls, we're weak. You know? um, obviously, we think of guys often as being very uh, physically driven, etc. Even if it's sometimes for, for different reasons. Like, like a girl might just, just you know, want a guy to, to, to kiss her or cuddle with her or whatever in this way just because it, it helps affirm her. She feels more wanted. She feels more loved. She feels more secure in the relationship. There's, there's all sorts of temptations that, that just do flood in. And so I think a very practical piece of advice, okay, is be private in public. Okay? Be private in public. And here's what I mean by that. You can have a very private conversation over a cup of coffee at Mug and Bean. Okay? And even if there is temptation to lean over and and kiss the girl, right? Or for the girl to snuggle up with the guy in a way that doesn't help him not then make a move on her. You're not going to do that (laughs) at Mugginby. You're just not, right? So you want to fight this battle both on the level of, um, of trying to renew your own mind. Okay, how should I be thinking about this? Uh, is this a, yes, I have this desire. Is that really wise? Is that really going to help things? Um, addressing what's going on in your own heart when there is lust there, repenting of it, asking God for help. You want to address all of this on that level, but you also help yourself big time if you also just give yourself no opportunity to sin. You, you don't have the opportunity. Okay? Um, Guys, most of the time when I find people getting in trouble with this sort of thing, it's like, yeah, you know, money's been tight lately, so I just went over to her apartment, and, and it's like, okay, I know, I know how this is going to end, you know, before the guy even, even gets there, okay? The, the more private, in terms of not public, the time is, the more opportunity is there, and then the greater the temptation is. Okay. Um, now it, it takes a real commitment because you've got to think through a lot more details oftentimes it is most easy the easiest thing is oh let me just come over to your place 
So now you've got to, you've got to put in the work. Where are we going to meet? What are we going to do? Ah, it's going to cost some money. Uh, I wish I could just, you know, make a cup of coffee at my place. But now I've got to fork out, uh, what? What's it these days? Like a hundred rand for a cup of coffee? <laughs> Something ridiculous. I'm exaggerating, but it feels that way, right? Um, but guys, it's worth it. It's worth it. Okay. Um, all right. Um, okay, be purposeful, intentional. Um, okay, we want to date in community and with wise counsel. So I've just been talking about spending some one-on-one time. But I would still say to you, even after you're officially dating with somebody, let the majority of your time with them be in community. Okay? Guys, a lot of, lot of what happens in dating is it's a prime opportunity to be fake. Okay? Let's go to a nice restaurant. I wear nicer clothes than I ever wear normally. Right? Uh, I'm going to spend money that I wouldn't normally spend. You know, etc. Right? And then I'm just... It's very fake. Right? It's just do normal things with normal people and then you get to know the person not just through your interaction with them but again their interaction with other people as well. Plus, it also has less temptation involved. Both in terms of um, sexual sin, but then also in terms of, again, we're, talking, we're trying to minimize the risk of, of heartbreak. Okay? If, if, if you date for three months and most of the time you're hanging out in groups, again, compare that to three months of like, Every day we, we, we meet up for supper and it's just the two of us at a candlelit dinner. Like it's just it's not the same thing. Okay? Make sense? Alright, it's getting late. You guys still with me? Okay, good. Oh, in community and with wise counsel. Let's not forget with wise counsel. With wise counsel. Okay? Guys... The Bible is very clear on encouraging us to get counsel in general as a way of life. I should assume that I don't see everything there is to see. I should, I should assume that, especially if it's godly people, older people, people with more life experience, they have things to help me see that I, I'm not seeing. But even more so you should think about that with dating, because Why? Because what happens in dating is you start to like somebody and then you lie to yourself about that person. Okay? There's red flags and you tell yourself there's no red flags. Okay? Keep getting counsel from people. Okay? Um, Date with God's perspective and priorities. Okay, here's what I mean by this. God is honored when we value and prioritize Him above all else. It is very easy when you're enjoying a dating relationship, to let it just consume all your time, right? Suddenly it's like, okay, um, so-and-so was discipling this person at church, and uh, they were serving on the children's ministry team, uh, and they were doing one, two, three, and now it's like, nope. (laughs) Every free moment he's got, he's spending with his girlfriend, right? Um, you, you start being maybe irresponsible with, with the schoolwork that you have to do. You start falling behind. You start not doing as well on your tests because you're spending too much time with this person. As if now suddenly it's the only thing in your life. It's not. 
God's still your king, and God has still called you to be faithful in other areas of your life. Okay? As a student, in the job you work, as a member of your church, in your friendships with, with other brothers and sisters in the Lord, in your own walk with God. Okay? Alright. Um, we want to look for someone to date, and we want to date in a way that trusts God with the future and keeps an open hand. Okay? Trust God with the future and keep an open hand. Okay? God is honored when we trust Him and we live in light of His sovereignty. God is God and you are not. Okay? So, um, I forget whether this was another point or not. But anyway, if I'm thinking here about guarding the hearts of the person I'm dating, there's two things involved. Number one, I don't want to communicate that I'm more sure about this than I am yet. Okay? So yes, it's fun to say uh, sweet things and flattering things. And, and uh, you know, if, if, if I have a good time, uh, it's, it feels great to just, you know, instead of stopping and thinking about what I say before I say it, to just be like, yeah, that was like the best night of my life, you know? Like... Um, a lot of that just seems fun, right? But if I'm thinking, all right, I don't want to lead this person on to thinking that this is a more sure thing than it is until I know that it is, okay? So that's one aspect of things. The other aspect of things is that even if I'm 500% sure, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. James 4, verse 13. Come now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and will spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. Okay? Trust God with the future. I know what I want for the future, but I don't know what God's will is yet. He'll reveal it with time. So I keep an open hand. Okay? This is the image of an open hand. Okay? I, okay. This, let's say this Bible represents this relationship. Okay? I'm holding it. I want this in my future, right? I do. I know I want this in my future now. But I'm keeping an open hand because I know that God may not want that in my future. So what I mean by open hand versus closed hand is, God, I'm going to fight you on this. (laughs) If you try and take this away, I'm going to fight you on this. This must be in my future. No, no. If the Lord wills. If the Lord wills. So I've got to cultivate that mindset myself and I've got to help the person I'm dating cultivate that mindset. And that's part of why I was saying earlier, it's presumptuous to start thinking things like, and guys, trust me, your heart, your your deceitful heart, (laughs) your sin, it, it lies to you, plays games with you, right? It's very easy to start thinking things like, oh, well, you know, we, we can ramp things up physically now because we're going to get married. Okay? That sort of thing. So you, you don't know. 
You don't know. Okay? Alright. <clears throat> uh, do the best, your best to guard the heart of the person you date. That's what I was just talking about. Um, okay. Here's, what I'm, here's another way of putting this. Okay? Guys, again, I'm looking to you as those who are going to be taking initiative and leading. Here's the way I put this. Don't sweep a girl off her feet until you know you're not going to drop her. Okay? Now, the way that the world dates is basically this. From my first interaction with you, I want to sweep you off your feet. I, I want to flatter you. I want to tell you nice things. I want to flirt. I want to, you know, impress you with, with, with the, the good time I'm willing to show you with the nice food and, the, you know, this and that and the roses and the, you know, blah, 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 right? And now I sweep you off your feet. Now, guess what? Now I've got you. And now I, I, I get to, in my sweet time, decide whether or not I want to keep you. And if I don't want to keep you, then I just drop you and I move on. Okay? That is selfish. Okay? That is not loving leadership. That is a guy making sure that he never puts himself at risk of getting hurt. Okay? On the flip side, if, you, if, you, if you're being loving and you're being willing to... to, to to potentially be hurt yourself rather than the other person being hurt. You're going to get to know them, get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm confident of this now. And uh, now I'm going in and I'm going to try and sweep off her feet and uh, I might get rejected. And if I do, then that's going to be hard. But at least I know that I'm not playing games with her heart. Okay? We'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about the stages of dating. Okay, lastly, make sure that in appropriate time, the person you're dating knows the fine print about you. Okay, now I say inappropriate time because I'm not saying, okay, let's, let's go out on date one. Okay. Um, Hope, let me tell you all the worst sins I ever committed. Okay. And she's like, oh boy, <laughs> great, right? No, okay? Um, but here's the thing. If, if, if um, dating is about coming to the point where you can make an informed decision about whether or not this is someone you should marry, okay, part of my responsibility in that is that I give you, I give you the fine print, right? I give you the stuff... That the, the, the car salesman is, the, would, would want to cover up. Okay? I make sure that whether you notice it or not, whether you ask or not, I tell you about this thing that's broken. Okay? Right? So that would mean, that would mean, and again, I'm not talking about unnecessary detail here. Um, with my wife and I, like I, I had a horrible history of sexual sin. Um, and um, you know it was enough for her for me to, to tell her about that so look yeah okay I, I am still a virgin but there was lots of other sin uh, with too many people and that was enough for her 
Okay, she didn't start saying, okay, well, how many girls and what exactly? You know, she didn't need that sort of information. But if she wanted that sort of information, right, I've got to be willing to share that at a certain point. If I'm asking her to commit to marrying me, she's got to know what she's getting into, right? If I've struggled with pornography, um, if, yeah, any, and it's not, not just in the sexual arena, like any, you know, um, any issues like yeah I used to really have a problem with my temper and you know by God's grace in the last six months we've been dating that hasn't been an issue but I need you to know that it used to be a big issue and I, I trust that God's helped me move on from that but you need to know about this okay um, that's just that's just being that's considering the other person more important than yourself right you know just trying to sneak in and, uh, and get, get them to commit without knowing what they're, what they're taking on. Okay? Make sense? All right. Now, how this actually comes together. Okay, we talked about friendship. We talked about when that needs to uh, graduate to, to dating. Um, um, Dating, unfortunately, I wish it, again, well, we said, we've said a, 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 some of this is, is a little bit hard to, to, to specify and get very specific with. Within the course of dating is everything from, I, I would encourage you most of the time to start off quite relaxed, quite, quite chill, like we're just getting to know each other a little bit better, not like, okay, date number one, interrogation, right? Okay. Um, but within the course of dating is eventually going to come to you telling me the worst about you I'm telling you the worst about me like and we've really asked each other some, some pretty pretty awkward questions worked through some pretty difficult stuff so with dating there's quite a progression um, what I mean here with number three a man pursuing a wife is this is what I'm saying about, this is when it's like, okay, when you get to this point, guys, where you feel like you know everything you need to know about this girl to make up your mind, say, I want to marry her, then this is when I'd say, now start being romantic. Now try and sweep her for feet. Pursue her. Now you're not just getting to know each other. Now you're saying, I want you to marry me. I, I, I want to marry you. Um, and you can, you can take some time to think about it. You can keep dating. But I want you to know I've made up my mind. And I'm not going anywhere. And now you, you can have the freedom to kind of open yourself up to, to taking that leap yourself and saying, yeah, I, I, can, I can commit to this. Because this guy's not going anywhere. He's, 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 he's committed to me, right? Now, you, now, ladies, you can let him sweep you off your feet. Okay, there's, there's, there's wisdom earlier on in, in, you know, the guy tries to sweep you off your feet and you're like, ah! Right? <laughs> no. Okay, one step at a time here, right? But now this is at a point where you're like, okay, if you're not going to drop me, you can sweep me off my feet. Okay? Now, I put that in a different category to engagement because engagement is when, in my mind, when the lady now says, I want to marry you too. Okay. 
I want to marry you too. And, and even this, I guess you could talk about uh, kind of a, a spoken engagement versus a formal engagement. Um, the formal engagement is when there's actually, you know, now, now you would introduce this person as your fiancé. I guess in, in a lot of cultures a ring would be involved. But, you know, the, the Bible doesn't say that, the Bible doesn't specify that that needs to happen. It's nothing about that uh, in the Bible. But the concept of a formal engagement, a betrothment, betrothal, where it's basically like, here's the, here's the thing that's very important. When we're talking about a formal engagement, okay, whether there's a ring involved or not, whatever, point is don't enter into that stage of things if there's still questions in your mind. Okay? You're making a promise at that point. You both are. Okay? And, and here's what I'd say. It still is not to say, uh, that's not to say that if something comes up before the actual wedding that you can't call it off. You can. You're only married when you're married. Okay? But as far as you can tell, as far as they can tell, you, you've weighed everything up and your mind is made up. And if you're not at that point, then, then don't enter into an actual engagement. Does that make sense? Okay. So then, if you are now at that point um, with we're committed to marrying each other, Okay. Now remember, there's still there's still now um, sexual purity. Everything related to that still has to be of utmost concern right up until you're actually married. Okay. So I would still say I'd I'd still encourage you not to kiss and that sort of thing during engagement. But now there is still a, there's there's. And there's an emotional and relational intimacy that is appropriate now, like hand-holding and cuddling and in places where it wouldn't be tempting and all that sort of thing. Now, it would be appropriate. I, I would encourage you also with your language. Don't, don't say things like, I love you, lightly. Um, uh, like romantic nicknames and stuff. I, I would I would hold off on all of that uh, until if you're a guy until the man pursuing a wife time and if you're a girl until the engagement time. Okay, you just um, you, you 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 don't yeah all of this stuff is thought through, right? It's and you and you're thinking okay what what am I communicating and what expectations am I raising and can I back that up? And you want to make sure you can back it up before you go there. Okay? And then, of course, with marriage. And guys, look. If, if you're someone who has already crossed some lines sexually, like, yeah. Um, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't be too discouraged by that. Okay? Don't, don't allow yourself to be too discouraged by that. It's still possible in how you go about things from this day forward for your wedding night to still be incredibly special. Right? 
Um, but I, like, I can't even begin to imagine really because of all, all, all my foolishness, all my sin, like what it must really be like to, to have never engaged in anything sexual with anyone until your wedding night. And it's just all new. And it's all just so obviously special because you've never shared this with anybody else before. And you're never going to share it with anybody else ever again. And it's just you and your spouse. Like that's, that's, there's a wonderful specialness to that. Now I can tell you that for my wife and I, we didn't, we didn't kiss until you can now uh, kiss the bride, right? So even though I, so that is what, what I just said about from this point onwards, okay? That, that was my situation. That all this, all this rubbish in my background, but in terms of how um, my wife and I dated, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't kiss until, uh, you know, you can now kiss the bride. And I had, I had every intention of, of just kind of like a little... <laughs> and I got a bit carried away, I'll be honest, because it, it was just so like, wow, right? Because it, it's not... Like, we weren't kissing last night, you know? Like, this is something we've been waiting for, and, and the, the specialness of it was very... Um, yeah, there's no way to miss it. No way to miss it. And it was, and so I, I just, when, 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 like I've been saying, some of this stuff might seem like, ah, oh, killjoy, just taking the fun out of it. Guys, there's a reason God's designed stuff this way. And it's for your good. It's for your good. You won't regret it if you go about it his way. You won't. He's trustworthy. Remember, we talked about that in the beginning. He wants your best. And he knows what's best for you. Okay. Alright. That is everything um, I have PowerPoint about. Um, there's something else we'll get into if we have time. Uh, but um, any questions? Yeah, so I'd say now he can start buying it. Like, it, it, it's not like there's no place for like nice things previously, like getting a girl some flowers or whatever. But I would say in general, what what you see in the movies where it's just like laying it on, uh, I'd, I'd say that should wait for this point, for, for point three. Like now, now, now I, like prior to this, I'd say, you know. Like go to McDonald's, <laughs> you know. But but now it's like maybe more like, can I take you to a nice restaurant? Uh, you know, can I can I can I dress up? Can I bring you some flowers? Can I? And again, we're not looking for now you to be like unnatural. But but now the guy really is. Yeah, he's trying to communicate. Um, you know, I, I I love you. You know, and I I, I want to win your heart. Um, so. 
and, and I think there's lots of ways to do that again without, without getting into physical intimacy. Does that answer your question? Okay. What you mean on? say this definitely like yes I'll repeat the question okay um, all right so in light of what we were talking about earlier about financial provision how does that tie in with this point three um, of, of like now a guy is ready to pursue uh, a wife well okay definitely what I said you know I mentioned earlier that dating for a long time brings with it complications temptation etc Definitely, when you're at this stage, you're, you're going to pursue a girl with your whole heart, and then it's like, you're saying, I want you to marry me, and then she's like, okay, I'll marry you, and you're like, okay, uh, just another three years before I can provide for us. Like, that's, again, now, if some of you are, are in that situation already, okay, God will give you grace, you can figure it out okay but I'm, I'm just saying that that's that's not an easy situation to be in um, it's 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 very difficult now you, you you're not just dating you're at a point of like having like really made some pretty hardcore commitments to each other and now there's just this long waiting period uh, that's very difficult so I, I would say in general even if a guy gets to this point in his mind and heart he shouldn't shift gears on this unless he he's he's got a mindset now for like okay like within the next year you can, I can provide for you as my wife would say around about year at the max you know like we, we you know I'm telling you I'd like to marry you if we get engaged in in, in a couple months and then we you know you don't want it too long of an engagement uh, I'd say kind of yeah, about a year max. Um, and if he's and and again, that doesn't mean he has the job now, but he's he knows how he would be able to provide. Yeah. So all all of that is if you if you know, and I know some of you are in difficult situations with with long degrees and stuff. Uh, it, this, all of this is probably reason for like just staying in the friendship stage honestly and just look my, my own situation with Heather with my wife was such that like okay so we were friends and then we were three okay there was nothing else because we had this sort of situation we were working together at a church she was a children's ministry director I was the, the, the youth pastor uh, we saw each other every day of the week we were you know 
So I got to the point where I knew absolutely everything there was for me to get to know, to know about it without ever having had to ask her out on a date. And so then it was just like, yeah, um, okay, so I know this is going to kind of come out of nowhere, but yeah, I want to marry you. You know, like that's pretty much how it went. And so then we were married. Uh, she went away, did student teaching in South America for three months. Uh, we saw each other one day. And she went to visit her family. Um, and then I followed her a week later. And the day I got there, I proposed to her. And we got married six months after that. So, so from, from the time when we started dating to when we were married was probably only about, I think, nine months or so. And, and, and remember what I'm saying, if you can, if it can work out this way, it's so much less complicated. Yo. Well, it, look, a lot of the time when you're saying if it can't, if you're willing to be patient, it, it, it maybe can, you know. Um, it, it's just... And, and, and so even in a situation like, let's say, okay, what I was talking about earlier, where someone's in another church, um, then pray. Pray. Like, you, like I'm talking about now in a situation like, um, okay, just to make it simpler, but you mean, let, let's imagine you were a guy, just to make it simpler, right? And you realize, okay, I've still got, what, four years of school left? Okay. So you've got four years of school left, and you just... You know, you went away, let's say this weekend was, was the young adults retreat. And you had the most amazing conversations with this guy and you realize, I don't think I've ever met a guy like this, right? But then you, oh sorry, you're the guy, so she's the girl, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've never met somebody like this. But you're like, I can't get married for another four years. Okay, then I'd say then you just keep praying, God, please, can I see her at conferences? Can I see her here and there? Maybe once in a while I'll visit her church, etc. You, you become Facebook friends. But by the way, with Facebook, just be very careful, guys. Like, it, it, the fact that you're not interacting in person, it, 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 it does make it a little bit less intense. But if you interact with somebody every single day on WhatsApp or Facebook, you're still interacting with them every single day. So, like, just be careful, but, like, there's still some connection, and then you just wait, and you trust God. And then maybe two years from now is when you then send her a Facebook message, and like, hey, uh, I was, you know, I'm going to visit your church on Sunday, I'll see you there, you know? And then, and then you go for it. But you trust God in the meantime, because you realize, if we really got the ball rolling, now, I, we're just going to get ourselves in a difficult situation. Okay? And it takes a lot of trust in God. But remember, He's trustworthy. Okay? So that's, that's what I'd say would be the, the wisest way to approach that. Um, again, if you're already in the situation, then get advice, get counsel from, from godly wise people and just trust God that to help you with the situation you're in. Any other questions? Sarah? When would it be a good time to bring in the counsel from Okay. So see these stages? Okay. Here we go. 
Before you move from friendship to dating, get counsel. Okay? When that stage I was talking about in dating, when you start being like, okay, I'm, I, I need to give full disclosure and share fine print and all that sort of thing, get counsel about the wisest time to do that, the best way to do that. Definitely, before a guy escalates from, from dating to pursuing a wife and telling her, I want to marry you, get a lot of counsel. A lot of counsel. Get a lot of counsel before you get engaged. Okay? Um, in fact, a lot of people, and I think this is wise, you should keep this in mind, it might be a good thing, instead of doing premarital counseling, do pre-engagement counseling. Okay, you go through the same material, but it puts you in a better position to actually decide whether or not you should commit to this person. Okay, and then this is also very important. Okay, even after you're engaged. Okay, guys, please, please, please. One of the purposes of premarital counseling, your pastors, your elders, they want to be sure that you're ready to get married. Okay, so please don't come to your elder and say, okay. Uh, we'd like to stop premarital counseling. Uh, we've, we, we, we've booked a venue. We're getting married in two months. Okay? Okay, that's... You, you're playing Russian roulette again. Though one of the things that might happen in the course of premarital counseling is that something comes up and you realize, okay, you guys, you're going <laughs> to... We need to wait a little while. You've got to work through some things. Yeah, there's a concern. Um, so... You, you, you want to give your elders the, the ability to do that without feeling like, oh, they're not ready to get married, but now, now they've already booked this venue and they've already sent out the invitations. And, does that make sense? Okay. So again, with all this stuff at every step of the way, even if you're being as thoughtful and prayerful as you can be, don't just assume, oh, I've thought through everything. I'm ready to go ahead. Always get counsel. Okay. Uh, another thing is certainly even as the dating relationship, um, one of one of the things that's great to do in, in dating, even in a low key way, go spend time with 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 godly couples. Okay. Let let a lot of the counsel that they offer even be pretty informal. You know, just as you're enjoying a bride together or. You know, watching a rugby game or whatever it might be. Okay? Um, yeah. All, all the way along. All the way along. And it doesn't mean it's always like going together, though sometimes there'd be a place for that. I think most often it'd be you encouraging the person you're dating to get counsel and you keep getting counsel. Counsel, counsel, counsel. Right, so, um, Abby. If you're doing that, it doesn't mean you're desperate. I, I also... Sorry, I also, I'm just... Sorry, I'm saying. I also just kind of like living my life. Like, I like my GC that I go to, even though there's not really a lot of cards in it. I like my church that I'm in. Like, I like the idea of marriage sometimes. And people are like, oh, you need to put yourself out there. Like, yeah, I can go to young adults, but everybody's in like their early 20s. Like, this is great. And I have lots of friends who are younger than me, and I love them very much. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I think I could summarize the question as basically to what extent do I pursue this or do I just keep living life and wait for it to come along? And I would answer that question to differing degrees. Okay, so you're, you're asking as a lady. And if you were asking as a guy, then I would, I would put more emphasis on you taking initiative. Okay. Um, but I would still say, yeah, I mean, okay, so you're like, yeah, young adults, everyone's younger. Well, maybe this week somebody visits from another church. You know, like, um, if, if it is a desire that you have, then it's not a bad thing to put yourself out there such a terrible way of saying it. But if, if it's a desire that you have, like open yourself up to opportunities where something could happen. That, that doesn't mean that you, uh, you pursue it, so to speak, uh, especially as a lady. But yeah, it's, it's at least, it at least could happen. Um, but I, I think, guys, like what part of what she's saying, I think is a, is actually a pretty wonderful perspective. For the most part, I'd say, yo, just um, for for her to be able to say, look, I love my church, I love I love my church family. I don't feel a need to go change churches because this church doesn't have enough single guys or enough. Her her priorities are straight, okay. She's keeping the, the most important things most important. Okay, you, you, uh, somebody asked, Blake mentioned, is, is it wrong to go visit other churches or to do various things to, to try and meet people? I'd say, no, it's not. It's not. As long as that doesn't then like start like being like the defining force in your life. So now you're changing church, you're moving, you're, you know, like... Now, now it's like this is this is consuming you, okay? Um, I, I think it's, and, and again with with guys to some extent, some of that proactiveness is more appropriate. And I, I think what I what I'd say probably if you're trying to wrestle with okay, how much is appropriate and how much is too much? Talk talk to godly older older men in your church, ideally an elder, especially if it's well. Definitely an elder, if you're considering things like changing churches, uh, or, or um, you know, visiting this church's Sunday evening service with regularity or something like that. Okay, and get get there. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes, yes. So, okay, so it's a bit of a difficult question because, okay, so, so in a sense the answer is simple. Get your, make sure your priorities are what they should be, okay? Um, however, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, okay, so let's say you, you're driving to this other church, right? And you realize on your way there, you're like, Oh, like there's only one thing I'm thinking about, you know, with this. Like, my priorities aren't really balanced. Um, 
I'm not saying necessarily you can stop your car and drive home. But, but do talk to the Lord about it. Repent and ask God to help you to have uh, a more of a balanced outlook on things. And, and, um, or let's, let's say, you know, because here's the thing, guys. It's not always expressed in very tangible things. Like, you know, every time I've got a gap, I'm at another church um, uh, or something like that. Sometimes it's, it, 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 you've got to even just be honest about what's going on in your heart where it's like, you, you're driving home from having visited another church and you're just grumpy about the fact that no guys talk to you. You know, like, that, that's the sort of thing where you got to just be like, okay, Lord, I just spent an evening worshipping with brothers and sisters in the Lord. It was a good sermon. There were some good songs we were singing. I, I realized that if this is the only thing I'm thinking about now as I'm driving home, I just, my, my, my heart's just in an unbalanced place. Like, Help me, Lord, you know. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the reality of the Christian life, right, is that it, that's a lot of the time where we're going to be, okay? And if we, if we, so in principle, it's right to say, okay, get your motives right first. But also realize it's also going to be kind of messy and on the go <laughs> as well. Because if you, if you want to be like, okay, I want to be in a place where it's been three months before my, my motives have been out of whack. And then you might never visit another church, you know. Um, so, yeah. And, and again, good to have some good friends that you're being honest with this stuff about. Get to the place where, where you, you know, you're making fun of yourself a little bit, laughing at this a little bit, even as you're just like, I, I need the Lord's help. <laughs> I need you to be praying for me, etc. Yeah, you know, rather than again just just trying to pretend that none of it's actually happening and everything's fine. Uh, does that make sense? A little bit? No. Okay, go for it. Let me. So I guess what I'm saying would be, um, okay, let's, let's take a clearer example, right? Let's say you go to your own church and you realize my only motivation for coming to church this Sunday is to see so-and-so. Well, God still says go to church, right? So that would be a situation where the best you can do is just say, okay, God, I'm supposed to be coming to church with all these other motivations today and they're just not there in my heart. Please help me. Um, because you can't just not go to church for three months and try and get, because the whole way you get your heart right is by going to church. You know, that's, that's part of the process. So maybe that's a better example. Like maybe if it was something more like going and visiting another church uh, or then, then yeah, maybe you, you, you would say, okay, I'm not going to go just yet. Um, yeah, I was just trying to highlight the fact that, yeah, unfor- and unfortunately sometimes we don't see it until, yeah, maybe you're already at the young adults retreat and then you realize it and it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to go home, but let me duck away for half an hour and, and talk to the Lord and, and really wrestle with my heart and ask Him to, to help me, because because the wonderful thing right about our Christian life too is God God does help us right in the moment right. 
He can give you new desires and, and, and new motivations, even even in the mix of things. Um, it's just in, oftentimes in the Christian life we can slip into a trap of, of kind of thinking like if we if we if we want everything to be perfectly together before we move on, just sometimes that that ends up being something that it ends up being a trap because you never quite get there. And in general, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying sometimes it's messy. Okay. Sarah. Um, you spoke a lot about the role of church family yep. in making these decisions. Uh-huh. Can you also speak about like our biological families? What role they okay. have in this? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Father. Yes, yes you are. Okay. Alright guys, here's a perfect example of something. Um, sometimes we, whether it's because of culture or it's because of, of what we've been taught in church, sometimes we've got deeply rooted beliefs about stuff that we're just, like, we're, we're just convinced this is the way. This is the right way. This is exactly how it, it must happen always. And then when you actually look at Scripture, you're like, oh, where is that like explicitly stated? Okay. So in, in Western culture, oftentimes there's a big emphasis on before you ask a girl out on a date, you ask her dad for permission to ask her out on a date. Okay. Uh, and definitely before you ask her to marry you, you must get permission from her father to ask her to marry you. Um, I see where people get those principles from um, in Scripture, but it's not like the, oftentimes people treat that as if it really is a thus saith the Lord, kind of black and white, clear thing in Scripture, and you're not going to find that in Scripture. Um, I think it, it gets a little, it particularly, yeah, a little bit more difficult if it's like, okay, you know, Abby, you were talking about getting a little bit older. Well, it's one thing if it's like somebody's 19 and living at home. Well, you've been living on the opposite side of the world for over a decade. You know, do I need a, do, does a guy need to ask your dad for permission to, you know? Sorry, just to interject one thing with this. It can be convenient, though, because the one time when I asked my dad, I didn't like the guy, so my dad could be like, all right, well, it's going to be over quick now. That can be convenient, yes. <laughs> So, yeah. So it's um, so just to realize. Okay, what what were we saying earlier? What was that point from Romans fourteen? You must do your best to look at various principles from Scripture, and to come to the point where you are convinced in your own mind. Okay. Once you have a, a, a conviction of yes, I think this is the most God honoring way to go about it, then you must go about it that way. Okay. So girls, if that's your conviction, then if a guy asks you, you can say, I, I want you to ask my dad first. That's fine. It's very fine for you to say that. Um, if, if, um, um, now, what I would say across the board, okay, is I'd say, here's what Scripture tells us, right? We need to honor our parents and at least while we're children, we need to obey our parents, okay? 
Now, there's actually, there's, again, differing opinions on, well, when do you stop needing to obey your parents? Even in America, with, with, in the, within the same sort of church tradition, same culture, there's a, a lot of people would have different opinions on that. Some people say, well, I'm 18 now, I'm an adult. Someone else would say, no, well, you know, I'm still living at home. And my, I'm still under my father's roof. I must still obey my dad. But someone else would say, well, I'm not living at home, but my dad's paying for my schooling. So I'm still financially dependent on my dad. So I'm, I'm still uh, under his authority. And then some people would still say, okay, well, okay, you're a guy and you're financially independent now. You're no longer living at home. You're not under your dad's authority. But your sister, who's in the same life situation as you, is under your dad's authority until she gets married. Then she's under her father's authority. Okay? So this is just to show you some differing uh, convictions within the same culture, same sort of church tradition. Um, and then you get over here into an African scenario where, yo, sometimes I'm like, really? Like, you still feel like like you're almost 13 and you, 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 your parents don't, you're not living at home, your parents haven't provided for you financially for like a decade and your dad's telling you your sister has to live with you and you feel like you can't say no, no matter how respectfully you say it. You feel like you have to obey your dad and your sister has to come live with you. Like, so that's, and, 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 I've spoken to people who, like, they feel the depth of that on a level of, like, I can't even suggest to them the possibility of them having a respectful conversation with their dad and pushing back on it. They just feel like they have no choice. Okay, so it's, it's, it's a, this is, it's a, it is a very difficult one. So just, again, do your best to try and figure out what does, what does God want, want of you. Do your best to figure that out from Scripture. I will say this, I think authority always has a sphere, okay, in, in particular area of responsibility. So like with this whole COVID thing, part of what we were asking was, does the government have the right to tell churches when we can gather, right? We're like, no, that's the government stepping out of its area of responsibility and is stepping into the, the church's responsibility. At least that was some of the discussion. Not everyone agreed, but there's some of the discussion. So the same thing I'd say, okay, what is, what is a parent's authority and what's its purpose? And I, I think you can quite clearly see that a parent's authority is about raising children to adulthood. Okay. So it, 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 it doesn't make too much sense to me that you can have been an adult for 30 years, but you, you must still obey your parents. Um, I'm, I'm just, now again, maybe if I'd grown up <laughs> in a culture that believes that parents have that authority for their whole life, then I, I, maybe I'd see it differently. But I'm just, just saying, as I've, as I've looked at things, I think... Uh, I think as an, as an adult, I must always respect my parents, um, but, I, but to obey them as an adult, I, I don't think God calls us, expects that of us. Um, now, that said, okay, 
Your parents were given to you by God. Your parents know you well. Your parents have invested so much in you. Even if your parents aren't believers, even if your relationship with your parents isn't the best, they probably have some insights that other people don't have. Very possible. Okay? So I would, I would, encourage, I would encourage you getting counsel from your parents. Now, here's the thing. To get counsel from somebody does it. It's not the same as saying, can you tell me what to do in this situation? You're saying, can you tell me what you think about this situation? Okay? And then you decide whether you agree with that or not. Or maybe you agree in part, but not completely. So, along those lines, I don't see how it hurts to get counsel from your parents. I think it ends up... I, if it's done in the right way, it should be a way of actually honoring and respecting them as well. Because you say, look, I, I, I'm sure you've, you've got some in, insights that I need to think through. Um, so please, please share them with me. Um, you know, but I, I think one place where this does get sticky, guys help me out if I'm wrong here, but I think in at least some of the African cultures, it's, it is actually considered disrespectful to talk to your parents about someone you're dating like to in, like you're not supposed to bring it up at all until it's basically unengaged yeah so I think I think that that does get difficult then um, but I, I would I would say try and find try and, try and find a respectful way to say, look, I, I, I'm not trying to disrespect you here. In fact, actually, the reason I'm asking you is because you know me so well, because I know you love me, because I think you've got some wisdom that I need to think through. I don't want to make this decision until I've got some input from you. Um, so please, can we have this talk? That, that's what I'd encourage. Um, now, if, if, if you think, and it's very possible that I've oversimplified the cultural dynamic, then I'd say, okay, then talk to talk to a godly person from within your culture. So look, I, this is this is the advice this white guy said. <laughs> uh, you know, what what do you think? How do you think I could I could go about this? But but in God's providence, again, His perfect plan. Your parents are your parents. Okay, again, they they know you so well. Called to at least honor and respect them. So I think at least getting their counsel uh, is wise. And then if there is a situation where they, where they actually strongly tell you, I, you know, I want you to stop, then, it, then as, uh, you know, try and press pause and at least work, try and work through that issue with them. Do your best to get to win them over, like even if you don't agree with them. Right? Do your best to try and do that. And worst, worst, worst case scenario, you might have to say something like, um, "Yeah, I, I just at the end of the day, I, I believe God is calling me to be with this person, and I have thought about what you've said. I have prayed through it, um, and I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm going to go ahead and do this. But but don't jump to that because because." Yeah, you want to you want to honor them and respect them, and just blowing them off as if 
their opinion doesn't matter to you. It's not a way to do that. Is that? Okay. Abby? If, if there really is a pattern and it really is as unhelpful as that, then I think try and find a respectful way to talk to them about it. Obviously, not in front of others. And but not an individual person pattern, more a pattern of like a group of people doing this. Like, like some bad advice Yeah, then maybe if, if there's no particular person to approach, then maybe just talk to your elders, and say, one of your elders, and say, look, here's a concern I have. Um, and they might be able to find a way to address it indirectly in a sermon or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but hey, guys, good point though. Hey, just just because you're getting advice from people in the church doesn't mean it's biblical advice, right? You you got to you got to really weigh up. Is this is this what the Bible says? It's important. Okay. It is 2.30. We were supposed to be done at 2. Thank you so much for hanging in with me. Um, yeah, any, any more questions, you can definitely uh, run them by me. Um, uh, okay, maybe last thing I'll just throw out there is just this, okay? How should you get married? Okay? So, the Bible does not actually command a ceremony in a church. Okay? And just as an FYI, um, so, so basically, it, through history, there's different ways that, that marriages have been recognized. Okay? And a cultural wedding is still a wedding. Okay? Uh, going to the court and having, you know, just signing some papers that's still a way of recognizing a wedding. A church ceremony, a way of recognizing, a, 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 so not a wedding, a marriage. Okay? So I, I just think it's important because it's not always clear to people, as I've spoken to people, that, that, they, realize, that they don't always realize that once they've had a cultural wedding, they're married. Okay? And what I mean by that is that you, you, you can't, now get divorced. You know what I mean? Like, it's permanent. You're locked in. Okay? Um, now, that doesn't mean you can't then also have a church ceremony if you want to. Um, and and if, if it's your conviction that you, you don't want to live together as if you're married until, um, until you've had that church ceremony, that's also fine. Okay? But just realize that once you've had that cultural ceremony, just like going to the court and signing papers, once you've done that, 
there's no changing your mind. You are married. Does that make sense? Okay. So we can have discussions about, well, what's the most God-honoring way to do it? And if you and and when you when you're having that discussion, just realize you're totally working on principles because the Bible doesn't talk about wedding ceremonies. Okay, um, not not between us here on earth, between the the Lamb and His bride. But, you know, um, so the, the Bible doesn't. So um, now now if somebody was to come to me and say what 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 did I, what would I recommend? I would recommend something in a church context. Okay, and here's why. I, I, want to, I want to say my vows and have my spouse say, that, say her vows to me in a, in a context where we're both reminded by, by you know, who's there in the setting that we are making these promises not just to each other but to God. I also want to make those promises where the people who are witnessing are people who are also believers and are going to hold me to God's standards, right? I love my auntie, but if I decided tomorrow that my wife was annoying, she would back me if I wanted a divorce, right? That doesn't help me. What I need is I need to be saying my vows in front of people who are going to say, Remember what you promised the Lord. Remember the commitment you made. Remember that this is not biblical grounds for a divorce. Okay? But I need that kind of accountability. I need, I need help from that community. So those are the reasons why I'd say, even if it is just as simple as, okay, it's the end of the Sunday worship service, and the pastor just says, okay, so-and-so and so-and-so, last weekend had, this, had a cultural wedding, um, you know, they're, they're married, um, but I we just want to call them, call them up. They're going to say their vows right here, so that you can all hear the, the commitments that they made to one another, and so that we can remind them that they've made these commitments not just to each other but to God. They come forward, they say their, they say their vows, and then the pastor prays for them. Even if it's that simple, I would encourage that. I think. I think that honors the Lord. I think it's good for, good for the married couple. I think it's going to help their perspective. Just, it's just going to hit it home. Okay, what, what they've actually just entered into. Um, and then I would also recommend um, doing things legally. Getting it all on paperwork. Okay, and, and again guys, part of the blessing of marriage Right, is that you, you can't get out of it. Okay? That's, that's the way it's supposed to be. So that it actually gives you the opportunity to work through things um, because you have to work through things. Right? Sometimes, sometimes that's the only thing that keeps your marriage together. Um, and so in, in the day and age we live in, like, I don't think you really want a situation where you, know, you can get up, you can move to Cape Town, and then... Nobody there knows you're married. It's, there's nothing on your ID book or anything that, you know, nothing with your bank account or anything that, like, ties you to this person. It's too easy to move on. Like, put, put more chains on yourself, <laughs> right? Like, help yourself keep those commitments by, 
you know, even if you move to Australia, you know, you, 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 your, your passport, you know, they, they, they swipe your passport somewhere and there's information that comes up on the computer screen. This person's married to so-and-so, right? And you just, there's no running away, okay? Um, so those are my arguments for those, for those two things. I think uh, cultural weddings are, are, are wonderful so long as you can do them in a way that leaves out any ancestral worship components. Any questions about that? Just also be very, very clear on that, hey? Like, you've got to know what you're aiming for because if you... And, talk, and make sure you're talking to your elders about that because sometimes I've seen a situation where it's like you have your cultural wedding and then you're, you, you are going to do a full-on church ceremony like six months later and you, you're trying to not live as if you're married for the next six months. But then, I mean, six months, that's a long time. You're, you are already married. And now, unless you're very, very clear about what you're aiming for, you're going to find yourself going against your conscience very possibly. And that whole concept we were talking about earlier, about just... Be convinced in your own mind about what's most honoring God and then be sure that you do that. So just this, this isn't an area to be fuzzy because with fuzziness comes just a lot more temptation. Okay. Alright. I think we'll call it a day there. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your design in marriage. Um, God, we also want to thank you for the local church, for the fact that uh, it really is uh, family, an eternity family. Thank you, God, uh, for how you provide for us and work things together for our good, either through marriage or even through um, singleness, even, even when it's a lifetime of singleness where Perhaps we've desired marriage all along. God, we, we thank you that you can even use things like unmet desires uh, for our good to draw us into closer relationship with you and trusting you more deeply. God, we do pray, uh, as we've been talking about throughout the day, that whether we have opportunity to date and get married or not, God, that we would be people who are wholeheartedly devoted to you, who live our whole lives for your honor and glory. Please, God, help us to be thoughtful people, people of your word, people who submit to your word, people who are intentional about what we do and why we do it. Help us to be people who live in the beauty of the gospel. Help us to be people who Renew our minds with your word constantly. Help us to be people who check our hearts and examine our motives carefully, regularly. God, help us to be humble. Help us to see where we need to grow. Please grow us more and more and more into the image of Christ. We thank you that one day we will be fully like him. That you will complete the work that you've begun in us. God, use us in our local churches. Use us and reaching the lost, use us in speaking the truth into the lives of others so that they might be built up into the fullness of Christ. 
Use us, God, in, your, in, your, in all your purposes for your glory. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.